Is June 3rd, 2022. Welcome to The Daily Rob. You can find us all across the internet. Today is the day. It is Judgment Day for our audio listeners who use the Facebook app. Hopefully you are now listening to us on another podcast platform. We love y'all. Y'all make up 50% of our listenership, so we don't want to lose y'all. Uh, you can find all of Rob's sites on his link tree. And without further ado, the man, the myth, the legend, the one and only Rob Smith. I appreciate, gosh, I appreciate the response, but I would like to talk. Calm it down a little bit. Okay, thank you. I mean, really, it means a lot to me. Stu? I'd like to start off by wishing our cousins across the pond a happy jubilee, platinum jubilee. By the way, do you notice how the Brits stole America the Beautiful from us? Yeah, something strange about that. Yeah, something strange about that. But uh, God save our gracious queen, long live our noble queen. God save the queen. Perhaps we could play a little clip of that, Stu. It might sound a little better than my voice. Elizabeth II is a badass. 
And of course, she inherited a moniker from one of the greatest badasses of all the British monarchy. That would be Queen Elizabeth I. What would she do? Uh, 1558 to 1603. Um, Stu, she was succeeded by your people. I don't know if y'all know this, but Stu and I have the same DNA, but his mother um, is a steward of the Stuart line. So Stu, and they're, I mean, they're the real stewards. So Stu kind of every now and then likes to put like blue paint on his face and kind of yell about the English. Yeah, when you're praising Queen Elizabeth I, in my head, I'm thinking about her sister who was executed. So well, she was a Catholic. Okay. You know, I mean, come on, Stu. Um, well, you know, Queen Elizabeth I, I mean, she pretty much, um, she beat the Spanish one, um, kept England from being invaded. Stu, how would you like to be talking in a Spanish accent right now, you know? Well, I do love Sir Francis Drake, so. Well, yeah. He, he laid his coat out for Queen Elizabeth. He was a gentleman. Uh, she installed Protestantism. Um, and she installed the Royal Navy where she gave these letters of marquee and then they went out and kind of kicked the world's ass. Perhaps at the end of this too, we could play Rule Britannia. Sure. That's a, that's a great song. Um, anyway, you know, Henry VIII, and Boleyn, Elizabeth I. Now, Stu, as you know, I'm a very progressive man. I'm a little bit more progressive than, than Henry VIII. I think if you want to get rid of your your wife you don't have to behead her okay huh uh anyway so elizabeth ii let's talk about her um you know george VI, he was a badass too but his brother was just this little twit you know oh what's her name wallace you know he left his responsibilities to he was responsible for a nation and he walked out on the british people david George VI stepped up to the plate. My mother used to always talk about how much her generation appreciated George VI because he stayed in, in London all during the Blitz. And he was there talking to people on the radio, even though it was hard for him to talk on the radio. His daughter was Elizabeth. I mean, she was like maybe third in line, fourth in line. She never expected to become the monarch, but she did. And during the war, you know what she did? It's like a 16-year-old. A I want to say she helped with the military, if I remember right. Well, she was an auto mechanic. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's badass, dude. Um, she married uh, Lord Mountbatten. He was a badass, too, dude. He was, this is, this is when you really appreciate the monarchy. He was in the Navy. Um, but, um, but anyway, um, he saw a lot of action in, in World War II. They got married in 1947. What I appreciate about Queen Elizabeth II is she's been a steady hand, Stu. She has been selfless, okay? She has been the moral fiber of the monarchy. She's the keeper of the faith. She's done her job in a remarkable way among a bunch of dysfunctional narcissists in the family. Uh, when you first married to, to, 
to Philip, he had a lot of testosterone and, you know, it could have been easy for all of that to have been in the paper. He, he subsequently calmed down, Stu. Uh, I think a lot of it had to do when Lord Mountbatten got killed by the RA. But you know, he became a really de uh, devoted husband, so I don't want to discredit him. But she was steady. Um, um, look at Charles. Jesus Christ, what a waste of... Um, and and Philip, I mean, he I like him, but Stu, he couldn't keep his a uh, um, his John Bull <laughs> in his pants either. Um, and Diana, don't get me started on that, Stu. But um, she, Queen Elizabeth, was steady and selfless the whole time. She's had great judgment, and I think we ought to give a a big applause for her. Right, Stan? Yeah, I think I think she's a very good um, figurehead, and you know she has kept it together for decades. And you would have been very easy for the monarchy to fall apart. Yeah, and you know I certainly admire someone who has been a servant of the people for all that time, and you know really doesn't aggrandize herself like we have seen other figureheads and heads of state do in the past. And uh, to all you Brits out there, um, we like y'all. I mean, you're our cousins. We smashed, I mean, we were badasses over on the island nation for a, a millennium. And then, you know, about 400 years ago, y'all had this primogenture rule and some other things like that. And we said, you know, we're going to start our own, own empire. And we invented America. Right, Steph? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, you, the Smiths did that. Okay. All right, Stu. By the way, Stu, you like my seersucker jacket? It is um, after Memorial Day, and etiquette says I can wear this now. Very tumble. Oh, thank you, Stu. Um, Stu, um, speaking of the Brits, they have this airline called... Now, Queen Elizabeth, I know you're listening because you're a subscriber, but y'all have this airline over there called Jet 2 Airlines, and... Um, I read today that you dragged some guy off merely because he urinated on his brother. Okay. And you charged him 50,000 pounds. I got three brothers. I think y'all overreacted on that. I mean, What's the world coming to if you can't urinate on your own brother, Stu? And Stu, um, there was a woman, <laughs> there was a woman gored in Idaho in Yellowstone Park. Did you read about that? I did not. It doesn't involve an animal. Was gored by a bison. Okay. Okay. I figured. They take these selfies and don't understand that. They're wild so animals. Stupid. What is wrong with this generation, Stu? They grow right. up on video games and cartoons, and animals are always so cute. Yeah. So she walks up to the damn thing, and he just, bam, with his horns, and chucked her up in the air about 10 feet. They're both male and female uh, American bison have, have horns. Uh, did, they, did the article specify? Well, I know a lot of women who have horns, Stu. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, just I think kidding. that's the... Uh, <laughs> 
people you're at Yellowstone you'd imagine you'd want to observe the majesty as much as possible and then you're there for clout on Instagram by taking pictures of yourself and you, you lose context of what, what your trip and adventure is about I think it has something to do with our cartoon society and little fluffy animals Stu I saved some people's lives in Canada once I was skiing uh, Whistler and of course, I was going down to triple black diamonds and um, I got up to um, to the next slope and there were these three wolves, three or four wolves. God, they had these gray eyes. I mean, they were very menacing. And these 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 women were skiing up towards them like they were going to pet them. And I had to intervene and go, what are y'all doing? Anyway, Steph. Stu, did you know gas prices are the highest they've ever been at $4.71? I imagine that's the case. Yeah. Um, did you know that, that we talked yesterday about this Ron Klain, chief of staff, he's probably going to step down. Jesus Christ, Stu, there are reports out that the new candidate who might take her place is this, I can say bitch, right? Because if you're a communist, you're a bitch. Okay, sorry. Uh, those are the rules. Treat a lady like a lady. Uh -huh. As a matter of fact, hold her up on a pedestal. But if she's a communist, she's a fucking bitch. So this lady's name is Anita. Anita Dunn. Um, born in Bethesda. Been inside the D.C. Beltway her whole life. Worked, you know, she's never worked outside the Beltway. Um, Obama uh, appointee. She was Obama's communications director. And Stu, she had to step down. Uh, and there's film on this uh, because she was giving some little speech at some church and she praised Mao Zedong and said that he was her favorite political philosopher. And then the third lesson and tip actually come from two of my favorite political philosophers. Mao Zedong and Mother Teresa, not often coupled with each other, but, but the two people that I turn to most to basically deliver a simple point, which is you're going to make choices. You're going to challenge. You're going to say, why not? You're going to figure out how to do things that have never been done before. But here's the deal. These are your choices. They are no one else's. In 1947, when Mao Zedong was being challenged within his own party on his plan to basically take China over, Chiang Kai-shek and the Nationalist Chinese held the cities. They had the army. They had the Air Force. They had everything on their side. And people said, how can you win? How can you do this? How can you do this against all of the odds against you. And Mao Zedong said, you know, you fight your war and I'll fight mine. And I listened to the video today. 50 to, <laughs> Mao Zedong killed 50 to 70 million people. Uh, you know, the great leap forward in all this. And she praises the guys too. She praises Mao. And, and she's going to be running the country. Y'all better wake up out there, because I tell you, the, the people who are running the country are the Obama Marxist cabal. Joe Biden is out to lunch. He's a puppet. 
And still, we talked about consider. Cons- oh, by the way, this uh, lady was also um, uh, Harvey Weinstein's um, public relations fixer when he got into trouble. Shows you the the morality of these folks. Um, but um, but anyway. I was going to say something, Stu. What was I going to talk about? Oh, conspiracy theorists. You and I talked about that uh, yesterday. You look at the video of Joe Biden in, in the 80s. He was pretty conservative. You know, 90s, 2000, you know, he screwed up with Justice Thomas. But, you know, you saw his positions on things. He is an out and outright Marxist these days. OK. By the way, I read something today that um, he. He wants the woke transgender um, doctrines taught to first graders, and he threatened to take away school lunches if schools didn't groom your kid to be a transgender LGBTQXK50, whatever it is. Sixth, my point is, what if the Obama folks, kind of like what the Black Caucus did to Ralph Northam in Virginia, if they've got the goods on it? And they're saying, you either rule from the extreme left or we're going to expose everything about you. Yeah, I, I imagine there is some hyper-progressive wing of the Democratic Party, not Democrat in name or belief system, that is using him as a puppet and know that it just inflates his ego to be president and he doesn't really ideologically care about doing anything as long as he gets to you know walk around and say he's the leader of the free world but you know i don't like it when i see politicians have these kind of radical flip-flops back and forth i mean tells you they never had any core core principles in the first place i mean it's remarkable to look at the 2008 presidential um, election and the vice presidential debate between Sarah Palin and Joe Biden. And they get to the discussion on gay marriage and they give the exact same answer. Do you support gay marriage? No, Barack Obama nor I support redefining from from a civil side what constitutes marriage. We do not support that. That is basically a decision to be able to be left to the face and people who practice their face determination what you call it. The bottom line, though, is, and I'm glad to hear the governor, I take her at her word, obviously, that she thinks there should be no civil rights distinction, none whatsoever, between a committed gay couple and a committed heterosexual couple. If that's the case, we really don't have a difference. Is that what you said? Uh, Your question to him was whether he supported uh, gay marriage, and my answer is the same as his, and, and it is that I do not. Wonderful. You agree. On that note, let's move to foreign policy. Okay. And, you know, that's that's 14 years ago, but it's so weird that in 14 years, the nation has become so ideologically uh, kind of disrupted that 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 seems like it was 100 years ago. I mean, it truly feels like that's ancient history. And, you know, Joe Biden somehow has as a as someone who's in name a Catholic, you know, has radically changed his thoughts on on so many issues, whether it's abortion, whether it's gay marriage, uh, war, and you know, crime. I mean, all these things have just there is pro- program from somewhere else, dude. And they're all the radical Marxist Obama agenda. And 
I I want to say it was the presidential debate. I think it's the second time Ron Paul ran for president, but Chris Wallace, I think it's Chris Wallace, makes some joke where it's just like, uh, the only thing that can be said about you, Mr. Paul, is that you have uh, stubbornly not changed any of your opinions. Like that's a like that's a bad thing to you know n- not flip flop constantly like people like Giuliani and Newt Gingrich have. Let, let me interrupt you for just a sec because with all due respect, many of your fellows here on this stage have said you'd had to moderate an awful lot of your views to get within the mainstream of the Republican Party and that you don't believe now what you believe when you're a mayor. Governor Huckabee, you've been accused of having been a tax and spend governor when you were in Arkansas and changing your beliefs now. Governor Romney, I don't have to go into how many times they've told, called you a flip-flopper in terms of issues and what you believed as governor of Massachusetts. Congressman Paul, respect to you. I don't know that you've changed much except your party. Stan, I just want everybody to know that I've been perfectly consistent my whole life, okay? The day I was born, after I slapped the doctor, apparently the first words I said to the nurse was, I think Barry Goldwater should run in 64. True story, Stu. Stu, what's going on with NASCAR? Remember when NASCAR was just this Southern thing and you had guys like Awesome Bill from Dawsonville, had Richard, Richard Petty. You had all, the, you had all these NASCAR drivers. Um, everybody flew the, uh, the Confederate flag. It was competitive. Um, NASCAR has apologized because Governor Abbott was at the race this past weekend and he started the race with a green flag, not with the LGBTQRX55K flag, um, because they've gone all woke in that this is Pride Month, right? Well, it wasn't Pride Month over the weekend. Oh, well. They're all upset about that, Stu. Now, Stu, I've been to a couple of NASCAR races before. I don't recall seeing a whole lot of LGBTQ folks. Maybe on the libs of, of TikTok, we should look and see how many of them are at a NASCAR race. Jesus Christ, what is wrong? with They ruined the Boy Scouts. They ruined NASCAR. They ruined everything. Stu, another little interesting piece of news about how they have corrupted everything. Okay. You know, um, not just the Boy Scouts and NASCAR, but the United States military. So at Ramstein Air Force Base, which is in Krautland, I mean, Germany, um, they had to cancel because I guess it got out a um, drag queen story hour for the children of the military personnel on base. Stu, these are the same people who left $85 $85 billion of arms in Afghanistan, not to mention about a thousand Americans. Um, also, the same brain trust that uh, supposedly is in charge of our efforts in Ukraine. Um, how about concentrating on military stuff? All right, Stu, I got other things I could talk about, but I think our audience wants to hear from you. Right on. Stu, how much fan mail do you get a week? I get lots of packages and nice letters. Uh, It's all very sweet. I appreciate it. (laughs) 
Anyone who's listened for a while knows I keep an eye on the Middle East. So I got two stories that come from the Middle East today. Uh, the first of which concerns Yemen. You know, if you've watched our video, Obama the Killer, you know all about how Obama has propped up uh, a war that is, in my opinion, a genocide in Yemen uh, to placate our Saudi allies and that this doesn't get any news coverage because often uh, the Saudis have their uh, hands in the Western media by, you know, being co-owners or funding it in some capacity. And so the war in Yemen doesn't really get covered, but there's been a truce and the truce has been extended and it's being extended despite the fact that, um, you know, there have been some infractions on both sides where, you know, there is still a little bit of fighting, but it has died down a lot. And so um, the Saudi-led coalition is arranging for, for its own withdrawal from the war in Yemen uh, that has been in the works. And, you know, they really can't, this is funny how the article was even phrased like this, because the Saudi-led coalition means that it's being backed by the, the U.S. military most often, and that has stopped. And so that since that has stopped, uh, the coalition can't fly their fighter jets anymore, because often it was the U.S. military that was uh, gassing these jets up and making it possible for them to even, you know, bomb Yemen. Uh, so the government is aware that it can't stand on its own without the coalition fighter jets, as it has failed to build any of its own capabilities over the past years in reference to uh, Yemen's government that is dealing with the Houthi rebels. And so on the other side of things, the Houthis are ready for war. For them, peace means accept accepting their conditions, most notably not making any concessions regarding the territory under their control, and that has become their own state. And so many people think that the Houthis have kind of backed down a little bit and are willing to be quiet because the U.S. is in the middle of uh, negotiations with Iran right now concerning their nuclear deal, and the Houthis are backed by the Iranians. And so it all kind of goes back to the great chessboard that is geopolitics, where even though this looks like a blip, and for some people, this might not cross their eyes as an important story, you have to understand that this is like when you're playing chess and you could move your knight out, but you decide you don't want to because you're biding your time. So the Houthis are biding their time for the Iranians to feel comfortable and might possibly be getting flushed with U.S. money. Yeah, after we give them a bunch of money and nuclear arms, they'll go, hmm, we're in a better position. Yeah, and so they'll feel more confident about attacking. But right now it's like they're they're biding their time on the great chessboard. So just kind of interesting. Uh, so thought I would just cover that. Dude, I like the way you're keeping our audience informed of these Middle East issues because you're – you're spelling out the great game and you're showing everybody kind of some of the nefarious quirks of our state department. Yeah. Yeah. If, if I were president, the state department would be the first thing I would get rid of day one. I would just get rid of it. I just, I would go back to Washington's policy of we are friends with everyone in the world and all we want to do is trade free trade, baby. That's what creates wealth. And so this next story is actually kind of exciting. I'm, I'm happy for them. 
So uh, the UN has agreed to change Turkey's official name to, uh, to t- Turkey, spelled in more of a Turkish style. And so this will go into effect into December. And uh, the Turkish- Is that the way they spelled Turkey on the Holly Farms packages? No, it's going to be uh, T-U with an umlet, R-K-I-Y-E. And so uh, the Turkish government is now requesting that all Turkish companies spell made in Turkey with this new style. And, you know, it's always kind of struck me odd that uh, the bird and the country have the same spelling. So I think this is kind of fun and exciting. And well, yeah, there's nothing wrong with a little bit of nationalist pride. And they probably spelled it that way for commercial reasons, you think, originally? But, um, well, it's, it's Mustafa Kemal. Um, at a Turk who decides that he wants to be to westernize right. Turkey, and so they they get rid of the Arabic a- alphabet and they adopt Western alphabet. And so, um, you know, some people have criticized that decision because essentially you make a hundred percent of the nation uh, illiterate overnight uh, until they learn the new style. But I do I do kind of like seeing the name change as it does specifically make turkey it's unique spelling and i think that's important because uh, i've met a lot of turkish people and uh, they're very proud of their country despite some of the speed bumps in their history and i think it's just kind of cool and you know i think they're kind of and they're kind of like you know from one redheaded stepchild to another redheaded stepchild they're kind of the redheaded stepchild of both europe and the middle east where they don't fit nicely into either category. Well, look at the history there, Stu. Constantinople was, you know, part of the Roman, the Roman Empire for a, th- a thousand years. Uh, you had Christianity there. Few people know this, Stu, but you, um, but if you look the Book of Galatians, where Paul is writing to Galatians, the Galatians were Celts who lived in the middle of Turkey around two thousand years ago. It's a very diverse place. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but that's all I got for today. Oh, Stu, hold on. My phone's ringing. Okay. Bess, hey, how's it going? Yeah, and that Jubilee thing you got going over there is pretty cool. Uh, hey, Bess, Stu and I are uh, in the middle of a podcast now, um, so I'm going to have to uh, call you back. Okay. Um, sorry, Stu. Um, okay. Um, Stu, maybe we'll play a little bit of Rule Britannia in honor of the great island nation. Sounds good. Cue the All music. right, Stu, go get them. Bye. Right. Later. Oh!